When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Saturday Session Cricket Update. Thanks to Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Yes, one of the finest gentlemen in all of New Zealand sport about to join us on the programme, Garth Galloway. The big talking point in international cricket is the announcement that Ben Stokes is coming out of one-day retirement to be part of the England team for the upcoming Cricket World Cup. Now, one of the selectors, this was what Luke Wright, one of the English selectors, had to say around Ben Stokes' inclusion. Oh, you know, Stokesy, I mean, if ever there's someone for the big moments, it's it's Ben Stokes, you know, and um, I, I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's probably for him thinking for its uh, last chance in a 50 overs to, to go and win it again. And um, look, who better for, for England to have someone like him come back for us? He loves the big moments. And um, as I said before, I think we're all just so happy he's back in the squad. I know it'll give a, it'll give a big lift to the boys in that squad to have him back. Um, and we all can't wait to, to have him back and um, and hopefully involved in lifting and, and trophy again for him. The nice thing for us was it wasn't a case of needing to beg him or, or anything like that. He was always keen. Um, so actually, it was fairly straightforward. Once he felt like his body was in a good place and he'd had a rest, he was um, he was really keen to play. So look, it's obviously delighted for from our point of view, and I'm sure England fans and everyone connected would be absolutely delighted. He is box office. Arguably the biggest name in international cricket at the moment. Joining us on the programme to discuss about this and more, cricket commentator Garth Galloway. Morning to you, Garth. Good morning, Mark, from a very cold Christchurch. Uh, what, are you on the 9th, the 10th, the 11th at the moment? No, I'm in the kitchen, actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm preparing, and I've just noticed, actually, as I talked to you, that my Labrador Bradman has removed a large apple from my shopping uh, and is eating it. So that's frustrating, but it just goes on every day. You've named your dog Bradman. I named him Bradman nine years ago when we got him. The first one was Bacchus, who was, uh, that was his great uncle, another black Labrador. And Bacchus, of course, was the god of wine. Um, and Bradman, well, he needs no introduction, does he? No, he needs no introduction at all. How big a news for England one-day cricket that Ben Stokes is back, and do you think he would have needed a lot of convincing? Uh, I think judging by just, just what you heard from Luke right now, um, I, yeah, it's incredible news, I think. I mean, it's given the whole cricketing world a lift, I think, and added a huge degree of uh, interest and excitement to, to the tournament, which, of course, ha- has that anyway. Um, I, I think it's incredible lift for England. I really do. I think it, it, it'll make a massive difference to the psyche of the side, uh, the, the, the followers, everybody. You know, he is, as you say, box office. Uh, he's an extraordinary talent, and I, you know, I think when you have it, and he had such a pivotal role, of course, in 2019. Uh, and I think when you look at a player like him, um, you know, he 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 can be the difference between winning and losing, uh, not only a game but mm. a tournament. So, for England, I think it's a, it's just such a great fill-up for them. Couldn't be better. Garth, we see in T20 cricket maybe one or two players can take a game away from the opposition. Uh, Test cricket, clearly, you need to have seven or eight, probably in form to win a test match how many players do you need to perform to win a one day game how many players do you need in a team that to rely heavily on 
probably you know probably somewhere in between I suppose which is an indication of the difference you know the the, the difference in time in terms of the formats and how long they take um, you know I, I think it, you really need someone or, or a couple of players to stand out throughout the series you know you need you need a, a batsman for example these guys uh, are going to play nine matches so ten teams there they play a round robin tournament starting on the 5th of October so they play every other side um, and, and you need, for example, a, a, you know, a couple of batsmen to be looking at something like 500 runs in those games. Uh, they, they do get some soft opportunities against the Netherlands, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan, but but really, you, you need a couple of batters to stand up and, and and get big runs against the sides like England, Australia, South Africa, Pakistan, and so on. Uh, and likewise, um, you know, some bowlers to stand out. And I guess, I mean, the, the joy of the game is that they, they, they don't necessarily have to do it every game. But you do need, you need three, four, five players to be performing absolutely at, at the top of the game, particularly against these sides like Australia, England, India, Pakistan and so on. And we're going to have to win one of those games to qualify, I think. Uh, so for the, for the semi-finals, which must be the goal, and I, and I think it's a realistic one for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. In terms of the evolution of the game, we've seen baseball with Test cricket. Um, we know the way England yeah. play Test cricket. Uh, we've seen I, I see an increase in run rates generally in Test cricket now. The advent of T Twenty cricket, it's established new habits. What do you think these days is the sort of minimum requirement if you say batting first? Well, uh, you know, in India, in good conditions, you know, I think you've got to be looking at, at scores or at, in, 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 over 300 now. Um, that you know, it is, it's amazing how, how the game has changed and the you, you know confidence of the batsmen. The conditions, of course, favour them, but but really, sides are going to need to be looking at scoring, and it, it won't be unusual, I think, even in some of the best games, um, to see sides scoring in the vicinity of 300. Um, I was just looking at that series that New Zealand had um, against Pakistan, over in Pakistan, and looking at the scores in that match. You know, New Zealand scored uh, 288 in the first match. Pakistan knocked those over with an over and a half to, to spare, 291 they got. New Zealand got 336 in the second ODI at Rawpundi, and they lost it with an over and a half to go. Um, you, you know, in the in the fourth match, there Pakistan scored 334 uh, in 50 overs. So those are the scores. You know, the, the scores of 250 to 300 are the outliers now in some of these these conditions, and sides have to be looking to score over 300. So someone's got to be getting 100 or a big 100 in each of those matches, or you've got to have three or four players going past 50. Mm, okay, uh, the pace bowling attack. You talk about playing in the subcontinent. How effective? are the likes of Tim Southey and Trent Bolt and are they still effective in one day cricket uh, I mean how do you use them well I mean I think I think Bolt's effective because he swings the ball um, so I, I think he will always be effective in that sort of stuff but you, you know particularly early in the inning so that when the ball moves around that's going to be Bolt's best chance to be picking up wickets and he is known to take wickets at the top of the innings Southie's a very experienced campaigner now um, you know he's played a lot of cricket in the subcontinent he's played in the IPL he understands the demands uh, you'll see you know you won't see the sort of bowling that you see in New Zealand where the ball might nibble around a little bit and you won't see too many changes you, they're going to have to use a lot of variations, uh, a lot of slower deliveries, you know, the little leg cutters that you see Southie bowling and so on. 
uh, you know, if they just, and they'll know this, of course, if they run in and bowl the same stuff, they'll get pasted. So variation's the key. Henry's going to be, and I suppose if there's a question mark about Henry, uh, very good in English conditions and New Zealand conditions, a standout for Somerset in the recent Vitality Blast and, of course, Somerset winning that competition. Uh, but again, you know, Henry is going to have to come up with variations. And I think, you know, and what that leads us to, Mark, is, is probably a discussion around the spin bowlers and the balance mm. of the side. You know, who are they going to take? Uh, I mean, for me, the, one of the absolute key players is going to be Satner. You know, he's a terrific uh, white ball cricketer. He's world, he's top class. He really is. And uh, he, he's a player who always seems to perform well. So, in India, uh, he'll have a, a key role, and of course, so will uh, so will East Sodi. I think New Zealand, you know, they have to be looking to play two spinners per match, and that's that's not often something that the, you know New Zealand hasn't done an awful lot. Certainly, they don't tend to do it much at home. Um, but the, but the, the way the game is played over there now, spin bowlers are absolutely key. Uh, and and again, the question is then when you're looking at it, if you're going to play Sodi and Santa, who's the third spinner that they're going to take over there? Because I think they need to take three. And that possibly means that someone like Ravindra might get the nod. Martin Guptal. Do we open with <laughs> Martin Guptal? Would you take Martin Guptal? Well, uh, I'm a fan, really. You know, I, I, oh, look, I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan at home. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I, I saw um, on Instagram recently Mike Hesson, you know, who's, who I think has got a great cricket brain and, of course, understands the Indian conditions. Uh, as well as anyone having coached over there for a number of years. Um, he, he had his side on Instagram, or his squad, and interestingly, he, he had uh, Conway and Guptill at the top, uh, and no place for Finn Allen or Tom Blundell, which I thought was, was really interesting, because you'll remember, and you and I talked about this a little bit um, and, uh, during last season, how much... You know, with, with with Gary Stead saying publicly how much uh, you know they thought Allen could be a key part of the World Cup campaign, and I was complaining about how much pressure I thought that that put on him, um, and and certainly a player who I think is flattered to deceive so far in his international career, he hasn't found that the the right balance yet between um, attack and and you know it, it just can't be all out aggression. You can't succeed. You have to have a defensive game and a base. Uh, to succeed at international level, and I don't think from Allen we've seen it. We've seen glimpses. Uh, Guptal, well, it, it is. I mean, for me, that that's the hardest question in terms of the squad. Uh, I think uh, just looking at how New Zealand have responded in recent years, and they can be a little bit stubborn around selections. Um, I, I tend to think that they won't take Guptal, and the reason I say that is, is, is they've kind of cast him aside. And, you know, to, to then see them say, look, we want to go back to him and, and, and experience means that they probably would have to leave Allen out of the squad. Uh, and I don't think they'll do it. Mm. Kane Williamson, desperate to try and get himself back. It's one thing getting over the injury. It's another thing going there with some form. Um, how important is he? And is experience alone enough to include him? Yes, it is, and and I think the difference between and, and of course if if Williamson doesn't go, then then players like Allen, you know, obviously uh, Guptill, it's another conversation. But I think also then you start to bring in players like Blundell and Young, and they start to to get a better look into the squad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's um, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought, Mark. Can we just come back to that question? 
Oh, just talking about Kane Williamson experience. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of yep. course. Yeah, no, absolutely critical. Um, I think he's good enough. You know, you, you, for me, form-wise, I, I wouldn't be too worried. He's such a good player. Um, he and he also, I think, which is so wonderful, is able to. When New Zealand lose wickets early, he's able to get in there and steady the ship. And he is, you know, a very good player at accelerating later in the innings. And, and I know he gets criticised for not scoring fast enough in one-day cricket, but I think that's more a symptom of the role that he's had to play with the team. And he is able to score quickly. Uh, yeah, you know, of course there will be some doubts about the fact that, uh, you know, if he's fit enough to go over there, he hasn't played any cricket. But for me, he's such a good player. And I think when you look at the draw that New Zealand have, uh, they play England in the first game, and, and that, of course, is a repeat of that 2019 final. And then, of course, they've got the Netherlands, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan. So, I mean, there are no really easy games, but those three are the ones that I think New Zealand will be looking to target and pick up points from. Uh, you know, and, if they, and, and that key game against England is obviously critical as well. But that does give Williamson quite a nice way, uh, if he's fit, of building playing the Netherlands, you know, Bangladesh and Afghanistan, second, third and fourth. Uh, so I think he's got a great opportunity to build. The draw will suit him. And, you know, I think from New Zealand's point of view, it's pretty critical that he's there. It could be the difference between success and failure. You're listening to SENZ. This is Swinging Both Ways, courtesy of Razine. Time to paint. Get a quality finish with Razine Paints decorating Kiwi homes since 1946. Garth Galloway, my guest on the programme. Garth, we, do you think we're going to see a team change the game? Are we going to see somebody uh, maybe look to innovate in this tournament? And if so, where, do you, where is there room in the one-day game for innovation? Um, I, I don't think, I, I almost feel that, you know, with, with what's happened in test cricket and so on, and, and, and the way that the one-day game play, is played now, we're almost kind of there with innovation, I think. And, you know, I, I wonder whether India really is a place to go over and try and innovate. I mean, I suppose one of the things you can do is, is, is innovate with team selection and balance and so on. And... Uh, you know, are you going? To, are, are we going to see some of the sides uh, from the subcontinent playing three spinners? I think the answer to that will be yes, and I think that'll be problematic from uh, some of the sides from the other parts of the world. So, rather than necessarily a, a strategic a, a way of attacking or whatever, uh, you know, I can see that teams might be innovative in terms of their selections. Um, you know, looking at the history of the tournament, another interesting talking point, Mark. There have been twelve. Uh, World Cups and Australia have won five of them, and that you know that is an extraordinary record uh, when you think you know about the vicissitudes of one-day cricket, the, the the different venues, countries, and things that the game is played in during these World Cups, and Australia have won nearly half of the tournaments. The West Indies, who aren't even in this tournament, have won it twice, 1975 and 79, and they haven't featured since. And then, of course, India have won it twice. And then you've only got England, Pakistan and Sri Lanka who have won it once. So, you know, I I tend to think that um, possibly less about innovation, more about business as usual. And uh, India, for me, uh, will be the favourites. They're they're ranked third in the world. Australia are first, Pakistan second and New Zealand fourth. Uh, But I think uh, you'd have to think that India at home are the favourites. And, and then, you know, don't, don't uh, cast aside Pakistan. They'll be very competitive in those conditions. Uh, and they've got a useful and well-balanced side. Australia, of course, 
and then for me it comes down to either England or New Zealand and with Stokes joining that England side it certainly gives them just a little leg up. Okay, you talked about teams taking three spinners in and we've talked about potentially how this New Zealand top order might look. Do we have the technical now? Do we have, uh, are we, if, are we efficient enough to play three spinners? Do we have the skill set? I mean, we generally prefer the ball to come off the bat a little bit quicker, don't we? Yeah, I, I don't think we have the confidence to play three spinners. So, so I would be very surprised if, um, if, for example, you saw, uh, you know, Saudi, Satna, and a, another sort of specialist like Ravindra. What you might see, though, I suppose, and again, it depends on the balance of the side and who gets in. I mean, I don't think Williamson, with his injury and so on, if he plays, will bowl in the overs, unfortunately. Phillips, of, of course, is capable of just bowling little off-spinners. It's possible, I suppose, but the question of him will be getting into the starting eleven. So I think from New Zealand point, point of view, they have a history of, of, of really favouring medium paces and fast bowlers. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm sure that Salvi and Bolt will be picked. It then comes down to a, a, a toss-up, really, I think, between Henry and possibly Ferguson. I think Milne might be unlucky over there. Ferguson might get the odd game. They might want to play with, with raw pace and try and pick up wickets. If he can bowl at 145, 150 you know, Ks an hour, that'll make, that, that, that could be helpful from New Zealand's point of view. Uh, I, I, just, I, I just don't see... You know, I've always felt that this New Zealand setup is incredibly conservative. And um, as, as you and I have talked about before, I think when you have fewer resources, uh, as New Zealand do... I think sometimes you do have to be prepared to take some risks, and I haven't seen that much with this New Zealand setup in recent times. So, so, and I'm not being critical of that; it's just an observation and a way that they've choose, chosen chosen to play. But I, I tend to think that they will play uh, Santner and Sodi, and then you know they may, they'll probably take Ravindra over there. I think they probably have to, but I'd be surprised if they played all three of them in a match. What's for lunch? What are you making? It's dinner, and it's. Um, I'm just beavering away on. I've got lamb racks, yep. uh, which I love. You know these these beautiful ones from Ansco Meats, very good client of mine, and they they keep me well stocked with beautiful lamb. Uh, I'm going to do a sort of roast garlic and parmesan mashed potato, which will be pureed and fantastic. Uh, some onions, which you, we, we cut in half and put it into the the pan, and you roast them for about an hour in miso and butter and water. Uh, and then you turn them over and they brown up with a sort of caramelised sauce over them. And then a Yotamontalingi uh, carrot dish, which is uh, pureed, sounds awful, but it's wonderful. And you serve it with uh, a pickled chilies, uh, spring onions and burnt butter, Mark. Wow, 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 wow. Um, ma'am, I must book a flight and come down, Garth. I must book a flight and come down. You're a man of many, <laughs> many talents. Welcome. I think last time we had you on when you were over there for the Ashes, we were talking art, and uh, boy, you provided some wonderful <laughs> insight. Now, maybe we could set up a cooking show here with Garth Galloway. I'd love to, I'd love to do that with you. I love cooking. I cook every day. Cooking? And, um, it's an absolute passion. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, say hello to Bradman for us. I will. He's demolished the apple, left a mess on the Ralph Hotely carpet, and um, so there's some cleaning to be done. But that's all right. It's, it's all about him. <laughs> Garth Galloway, lovely having you on the programme this morning. Greatly appreciated. Thank you.
Thanks, Mark, and, and hello and goodbye to everybody. Cheers. There you go, Garth Galloway talking all things cricket, swinging both ways every Saturday here on the Saturday session, courtesy of Razine. Time to paint, get quality finish with Razine Paints, decorating Kiwi home since 1946. For expert paint and colour advice, do check out Razine. Take a break. You are listening to the Saturday session. When we come back, we're going to talk some schoolboy rugby.